0: For the last two weeks, our gospel lessons have covered stories of Jesus calling his first disciples. In both last week's lesson from John and this week's lesson from Matthew, I was struck by how Jesus meets the disciples where they are. He doesn't issue a general invitation to everyone in Galilee and then wait to see who shows up at his designated place and time. He goes to them at work, in the streets, in homes, wherever they are, and he invites them to personally follow him. Our passage today indicates that the beginning of Jesus' ministry coincided with the end of John the Baptist's. It's widely accepted by scholars that this sequence is correct. Jesus spent time with John in the wilderness, likely much more time than just his baptism story implies. But then they went their separate ways. As the Gospels tell us, John was the forerunner to Jesus. He prepared the way. But Jesus' mission and ministry was to reach far beyond and exceed that of John's. Their central cry of repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near is the same though. John preached and baptized and people flocked to him in the wilderness. Jesus led with the same message, but he took it into the villages and synagogues and onto the streets. John waited for the people to come to him. Jesus went to the people. In our gospel story today, we find Jesus walking along the Sea of Galilee. As he walks, he sees two sets of brothers, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, and then James and John, and he calls them to follow him. We're told that the men immediately get out of their boats and follow Jesus. I've often imagined that Jesus must have had incredible charisma, He must have radiated something that attracted people to him in a way that was powerful and undeniable. It's easy for us today to say, well, of course he attracted people. He was the incarnation of God. But none of the people of his day knew that when they first encountered him. They were simply drawn to him. People he's never met would drop everything and follow him. Crowds flock to hear him speak or get close enough just to touch him in the hopes of healing. And yet, as I read through this passage again last week and as I reflected on my own relationship with Jesus, I was struck by this idea that Jesus really does meet us where we are. He meets the fishermen as they are working and says, follow me and I will make you fish for people. He meets them where they are, speaks to them in words and images that they intimately understand. He invites them to do something new and different, but within a familiar context. Oftentimes, when we think of Jesus calling people to follow him, we have this image of a person turning their back and walking away from life as they knew it. And for some people, this dramatic of a shift is indeed what happens. But I think that for most followers of Jesus throughout history, the shift is more subtle. Peter, Andrew, James, and John did immediately leave what they were doing in that moment to follow Jesus. But they didn't cease to be fishermen. We know that from the countless other stories in the Gospels that involved them fishing and going out on boats. As they traveled with Jesus, they stayed in the same general region around where they lived and worshiped. They didn't take off across the sea to far-flung lands, at least not yet. That would come later. Right now, in this moment, Jesus issues a simple invitation, and they say yes and walk off with him. As we have entered a new year and a new decade, I've been thinking a lot recently about time, transition, major shifts that take place in our lives, and the way that God is active in those shifts, especially when things move slowly. As an example, last weekend, I decided to pull down a box of my old journals I've journaled throughout most of my adult life, but last weekend I was specifically looking for journals that I kept during college. I wanted to reconnect with who I'd been 15 to 20 years ago and see how things had changed and how they'd stayed the same. As I read, I discovered that some things were as I remembered them, and others were surprises. One of the surprises that I found was recalling that I had felt a call into ministry even then. This was back around 2002, 2003, and I didn't actually hear my call to ordination until the end of 2013. During that intervening decade, I was confident that God was calling me into some form of ministry, but I was also quite positive that ordination was not it. How does that saying go? If you want to make God laugh, tell God your plans? I don't know about for you all, but as I look back over my life, I realize that the seeds for most of the major shifts and changes in my life were planted years before those shifts took place or before I even knew what they were. An idea or desire that I know is not possible in this moment, A burgeoning realization of something profound, but I don't know what to do with it. A call from God that is yet to be clarified. Big shifts take time. When Jesus called these first disciples, they had no idea that in that moment their lives had changed forever. They felt that charismatic pull of Jesus and went to investigate, but they didn't know yet that he was the Messiah. They didn't know all that they would learn as they listened to him preach and teach. They had no idea of the incredible miracles that they would witness. There was no inkling of the agony of the cross or the glory of the resurrection. They couldn't fathom that several years from now, Their life mission would be to spread the gospel rather than to fish. They just heard Jesus call them and in that moment said yes. And this is how life operates, isn't it? We can only ever be where we are today. We can't see our future or the way that things will change over time. Just as he did with the disciples, Jesus meets us where we are today. He comes into our messy, chaotic, and beautiful lives and says, follow me. It's an invitation into the unknown, an invitation to a journey, and an invitation to a relationship. There is no five-year plan or ten-year plan. We just take things one day at a time, trusting where he leads. For most of us, this invitation will be renewed at multiple turning points throughout our lives. For those like myself who like to live in the delusion that I have some control over where my life is headed, (laughs) this can feel unsettling. And yet, when I look back, I'm able to see the ways that Jesus has walked with me and guided me through twists and turns that I never would have expected. There have been avenues that I never would have chosen for myself and others that have been more wonderful than my wildest dreams. And I wouldn't change a thing. As we continue to move into this new year and new decade and season of epiphany and light, I hope that we'll all make time to take stock of our own lives looking back with a specific eye to those moments when Jesus called each of us to follow him, because he does call each and every one of us. As theologian Albert Schweitzer so beautifully said, he comes to us as one unknown, without a name, as of old by the lakeside. He came to those men who knew him not, He speaks to us the same word, follow me, and sets us to the tasks which he has to fulfill for our time. He commands, and to those who obey him, whether they be wise or simple, he will reveal himself in the toils, the conflicts, the sufferings which they shall pass through in his fellowship. And as an ineffable mystery, They shall learn in their own experience who he is. May we, like Peter, Andrew, James, and John, hear Jesus' call and be willing to follow where he leads, not next week, not next year, but immediately, right now. Amen.